Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Tom Brady's return ended with a doink. A Yankees-Red Sox AL wild card. Just how Major League Baseball drew it up. Plus, are the Cardinals now the best team in the NFL? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. At Foxborough, in prime time, in the elements, a Patriots quarterback had a chance to go down the field and win it in dramatic fashion, and Tom Brady won. Those two are not the same thing in this case. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the New England Patriots 19-17 in a game that was far more dramatic than that score indicates. Joining me now from Locked on Patriots, Mike DeBate. And Mike, this was a game that had all kinds of pomp and circumstance. We're going to have the Brady versus Belichick part of this. What did you, from the field part of this, what did you actually take away from this game about the Patriots? Well, from a Patriots perspective, I would probably say that the Patriots fans can feel good about their future at the quarterback position, despite the end of the game and despite the questionable decision that I know people will question about Bill Belichick electing for the 56-yard field goal as opposed to going for it. Mac Jones, I thought at various points tonight, showed a great deal of poise, um, a great deal of confidence in his ability to lead this team down the field. Uh, there were a couple of times where I, you know, I thought the play calling was very good. Uh, there's still some issues with protection. He found himself under duress more often than not. But this is a team right now that is building and really, I think, took it to the defending champions. They should feel proud about the way they played tonight. Unfortunately, just wasn't in the cards for them to come away with the win. What did you think of that decision? Fourth and three, uh, you have a quarterback who at one point had completed, what, 20 straight passes, and they had moved the ball uh, up and down the field, really, in the second half to, to go for the 56-yarder with a kicker who's not 100% in the rain. What did you think of that decision at that moment? Uh, 56 yards in the rain is tough for anybody to really 100% justify, but it's also hard to say that it was a wrong decision as well. Look, bottom line, the elements were there. The Patriots were definitely going for the win without question. If you make the fourth and three at that point, you still have a minute to be able to try to move your team downfield. But at the same time, I think the Patriots were looking to go for the kill at that point. So, you know, it's, it's going to be second guessed. It'll continue to be second guessed. I think right now the wounds are still fresh and wouldn't have gone for it in that situation but you know bill belichick has forgotten more football than i'll ever learn so you know i'm sure he's got his reasons and we'll see what uh, what those are in the coming days yeah my my thing about it mike is is tom brady would have had a minute and two timeouts even if you make it so Mm -hmm. why not go for it on fourth down because if you even if you kick it and make it there's a there's a decent chance you're going to lose anyway from from a, a narrative standpoint, we have to talk about the narrative, right? This was billed as Tom Brady's return. Uh, there, there is going to be this ongoing debate about who is more to, to credit for the, the Patriots' dynastic run here, Bill versus Brady. I'm not going to ask you any sort of, of loaded questions along those lines, but I do want to know, you were in the building. What was the atmosphere like related to Tom Brady and his actual physical return coming back to play for a different team to be an adversary in that stadium where he has so much history and has so many fans. 
Yeah, I mean, it was surreal. There's no question about it. I mean, Brady took the field to a raucous, uh, you know, ovation of his name being chanted, very similar to the way it was chanted when he was wearing Patriot Blue up here. And you got the feeling that the fans were really excited and happy to see Tom back on the field at Gillette. But at the same time, when it was time for the game to be played and Tom led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out onto the field for their first series, he was vehemently booed, and I think he appreciated that probably a little bit. I think it probably fueled Tom a little bit, but it also showed that this team, this franchise, and their fans are now behind the team that's on the field, including Mac Jones, revered up here in New England, as he should be. It's all about the future and the present for the New England Patriots, and that includes the team that they have on the field right now. Thank you for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up, a Yankees-Red Sox AL wildcard. Just how MLB drew it up. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Hats off to the San Francisco Giants on their historic season and holding off a historic Dodgers team as well. The Dodgers, the great Dodgers, tied a franchise record with 106 wins today, and it wasn't enough. It was not enough to catch the 107-win San Francisco Giants. Ben Kaspik with the Locked on Giants podcast. What the Giants just accomplished is up there among the most unbelievable things that they've accomplished in their franchise history. They've never won this many games in franchise history, which dates back to the 1880s. And what preseason expectations were for this team uh, in the 75 win territory to come out and win 107 is just an unbelievable accomplishment. I really I'm in shock about what this Giants team did this year. The Dodgers had a great, great year, and it wasn't enough to catch this Giants team. This Giants team is the team that finally takes down the Dodgers. Most wins in franchise history. I just, I'm really pinching myself. So the Giants are going to the division series. They'll play either the Cardinals or the Dodgers. Uh, Those two teams going to play in the wildcard game on Wednesday. Giants will face the winner of that series starting at home on Friday. On Sunday at Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers partied like it was 2010 or 2015. They beat the Steelers. 27 to 17, and it was two touchdowns from Randall Cobb, a rushing touchdown from Aaron Rodgers, and a pair of turnovers from the Packers defense that helped catapult them past the Pittsburgh Steelers the first time. The Packers and Steelers have squared off with Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers both on the field since that Super Bowl in the 2010 season. Of course, the Packers won that game as well. Eric Stokes. The rookie cornerback, first-round pick playing for the injured Kevin King gets the game-sealing interception, but it is the other cornerback position that has Packer fans concerned right now. Jair Alexander has an AC joint sprain in his shoulder, according to NFL Network's Mike Garofolo, and he is unknown in terms of his availability moving forward. The Packers are going to have to hold their breath on that one, but they get to 3-1 and one after the first quarter of the season, putting an ugly Week 1 loss behind them. No shock at the top of the AP college football poll as Alabama and Georgia hold serve. Iowa leapfrogged Penn State to take the number three spot after its 51-14 road win over previously unbeaten Maryland. Penn State beat Indiana 24-0 at home and remained number four. Number five is Cincinnati coming off a 24-13 road win over Notre Dame. Oklahoma, Ohio State, Oregon, Michigan, and BYU round out the top 10. Clemson's 19-13 home victory over previously unbeaten Boston College 
didn't impress voters enough to keep the Tigers in the top 25. Thus ends their streak of 107 consecutive weeks in the rankings. Upsets weren't only brewing in the NFL and MLB. Hey basketball fans, it's Erica Lindsay Ayala here and are you not entertained by the WNBA semifinals? I'm one of your hosts on, of Locked on Women's Basketball and we are going to have so much to talk about before we even get to the next set of semifinals games. But let me catch you up real quick. Through three games in the first series, which is Connecticut versus Chicago, it's the sixth seed, the Chicago Sky, that lead the number one seed, the Connecticut Sun. These games have been back and forth, super tight. In game three alone, we had 16 lead changes. Game one went to a double overtime. It's all about execution. Neither team has played to their capabilities for Chicago. They like to be fast. Now, Connecticut, known for their defense, likes to keep the games low scoring, has shown that they can score, but they're also just having trouble scoring easy buckets. On the other side, you had the Las Vegas Aces, bow, were able to just dominate the Phoenix Mercury. Then in game two, Diana Taurasi on one good ankle, that left ankle still bothering her, scored a 37 piece to give Phoenix the win, tied the series, and then in game three, it was Brianna Turner coming up with 23 points for the Phoenix Mercury as we go to game four. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Week four in the NFL, not quite over, but week five lines are already out. It's the AFC North leader in Cincinnati against the NFC North leading Green Bay Packers. The betonline.ag line for this game has the Packers favored by three and a half. The Chiefs bounced back after a two-game losing streak and are three-point favorites over the Buffalo Bills, who dropped 40 in a shutout against the Texans. And for that AL wildcard game between the Yankees and Red Sox, the betonline.ag line is New York giving half a run. For all your football gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget that promo code locked on to get that welcome bonus. Here is another story you need to know. Aaron Judge came through in the clutch in the ninth inning to beat the Tampa Bay Rays 1-0 in the final game of the season, setting up just as Hollywood would want it scripted. The wild card round is Yankees, Red Sox, and fans west of Poughkeepsie are going, we got to do this again. Joining me now from Locked on Yankees, Stacey Getzulius. Stacey, this is, this is what Major League Baseball had in mind when they created this whole system so that we would get Yankees, Red Sox potentially one more time, and we are getting it. What is your first impression of this matchup? Uh, it could go either way. It's going to be one of those, you just don't know what is going to happen, especially in Fenway, that ballpark plays in such crazy ways that, you know, you could have a ball that bounces off the wall and bounces all around, or you can have a ball that just gets over the wall. And uh, I don't know. I can't even, you know, people have been asking me to make predictions about this, and I really, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be, I like you said, MLB wanted this, and it has the potential to be one of those crazy games. We do have the pitching matchup right now. It's Garrett Cole and, and Nathan Yavaldi. Who do you think has the advantage on that part of this? Because we know in, in the playoffs, pitching is such an essential part of trying to win, especially these one-off games. 
Well, lately, Cole has been doing an every other start where he's iffy and he's okay, and he was iffy in his last start, so I'm thinking he might be okay on Tuesday. The Yankees got to Ivaldi the last time they faced him, but you never know. They could do their whole not hitting the whole game sort of thing. So, um, you know, I don't know. It, it's fair. Again, Cole could go either way as well. Like Cole could do as badly as he did in that one start in July in Fenway where he gave up three home runs, two home runs, whatever it was. And oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I think the Yankees are happy. They're not facing Chris sale. <laughs> You're not just playing this for drama. These are two teams who they, they got to the end of the season in very different ways, but end up being pretty evenly matched. It seems at least as we stand here now, uh, in early October. Yes, they're very evenly matched. They have offenses that can go off or be shut down. They have pitching that, for the most part, is okay, but can have issues. Their defense is shoddy. So, you know, both teams, they really mirror each other. So, yeah, it, it could. it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. I know, as you joked, a lot of people west of certain places did not want this matchup. And, <laughs> you know, honestly, I didn't a week ago. But now I'm kind of happy that it is this matchup. I would have felt uncomfortable with the Yankees going up against either the Mariners or the Blue Jays because their offense, both those teams, their offenses actually scare me a little more than the Red Sox. Even though the Mariners, their run differential wasn't good, but they just have people like Mitch Haniger who just hit a home run out of nowhere. So yeah, I didn't want this matchup, but here we are. We have Yankees, Red Sox, and Dodgers, Cardinals. It is hard to put together a more blue-blooded four teams to be in this game, and it should be a lot of fun. Stacy, thanks. You're welcome. Coming up, are the Cardinals the best team in the NFL? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. How many times do I have to say it? It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, the limited time flavor, cookie dough chunk. And that is in addition to coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cherry, raspberry, all high in fiber, high in protein, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Right now, you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15. You will get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Last week, it was the LA Rams putting together the signature win of the 2020 NFL season, the early 2021 season, beating the defending Super Bowl champs. Then, in week four, the Arizona Cardinals come out and throttle that same Rams team that just felt like, hey, we're the best team in football. Joining me now from Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clancy and Bo Brock. And, and Alex, let me start with you. This is a team that put up 37 on the Rams, but also held an explosive Rams offense to 20. Which side of the ball was more impressive? It's going to continue to be the offense. Like it's what they're doing is historic. It's special. Like you always thought this was part of the plan, but seeing it come to fruition seemingly from one off season to now adding a couple pieces, Ronnie Hudson, AJ green, uh, Rondo Moore through the draft, James Connor. It's like, this is what Cliff Kingsbury's offense is supposed to look like at its highest power. It's making me eat all my words that Cliff's not ready to be an NFL head coach. <laughs> this has quietly been one of the best run designs in the league under Cliff Kingsbury and Chase Edmonds in this game goes over 120 yards. So offensively, what is clicking for them? It's Kyler Murray taking that third-year leap, 
He's found poise when he's under pressure and still being able to find a way to get his the ball into playmakers' hands, like Rondell Moore, a guy that he he trusts. It's not Andy Isabella, a second round bust from a couple seasons ago. It's Rondell Moore. And when right. he gets north and south, it's one move and bang, he's taking you for 20, 30 yards. And then it's also the ability that AJ Green, funny enough, is giving these other weapons opportunities in the middle of the field because A.J. Green's the other outside receiver, and he's playing great. He's enjoying a nice career resurgence. He had a a touchdown on Sunday. So it's embarrassment of riches that Kyler Murray is benefiting from and also taking that step in the right direction like Josh Allen did in 2020. And Alex, we can't not talk about the defense because the defense holds this Rams team to 20 points. How did this Cardinals team shut down an explosive Matt Stafford, Sean McVay offense? It doesn't make sense, Peter. It doesn't make sense because it's supposed to be the pass rush that you're supposed to trust, and it's the secondary that we're going to be questioning. This secondary, led by Byron Murphy and rookie uh, Marco Wilson, it's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, it is a murderer's row all year of wide receiver ones the Cardinals are going to play, and we saw it through four weeks. I mean, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, no? How about Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen? What about, I mean, it's just on and on down the list, and it happened again today, and aside from one big play to Cooper Cup, They stopped everybody, and it's just like it doesn't compute to me yet. And we joke about it, but Byron Murphy showed no signs, really, of being able to be a cornerback one immediately when he was thrust into the opportunity. But through four weeks, it seems as so. And finally, a new segment on the show, the stinker of the week in the NFL this week. The stinker is those Atlanta Falcons, who let Taylor Heineke go seven plays and 76 yards in just over a minute to take the lead and win the game. They go to two and two, and the Falcons, under new head coach Arthur Smith, fall to one and three after a loss at home to the banged-up Washington football team. It is just ugly right now in Atlanta. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Locked on bets, download and subscribe free on all platforms. If you're going to make us your first listen of the day, go make Locked on Bets your second listen of the day. Coming up Tuesday, can the Raiders stay undefeated? At least until tomorrow. Stay locked on today. Today.